This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
Switch coming back now. Oh, he's played a loose pass, and Sakaja will get there. Oh, Blackman's come right out of the area and flattered Sakaja, and it's gone free, and the keeper's way out of the area, and it's a goal for Palace! What a great finish! Live interviews. To an Arden football watcher, it was clear in my mind that we had like a bunch of new guys, and we'd lost a, a, a you know, big name, big players for us, Scannell, Klein, Ambrose. It, we, we were never going to just come out the block swinging, were we? You know what I mean? Expert analysis. A surprise draw at the end there, Mark. A surprise to no one more than me. Completely didn't realise we'd scored a second goal. Well, most of the time, anyway. Homesdale Radio. Whether you're listening live or to the podcast, call us now to air your opinion. 0203 4755 That's 0203 4755 Hello and welcome to Homesdale Radio. I'm Chris Hambling, your massively hungover host for this week's review of the last seven days of Crystal Palace. Uh, the music you'll have just heard in the lead into the show was the song Take What You Have by the band The Renowns, uh, who count two of their members as Big Palace fans, and we'll be chatting to the lads a little bit later on today. Uh, joining me for the show are Albert Curley and Mark Ajax Ross, as we've just christened him. Uh, christened. Hmm. So, um, first of all, evening, gents. Hi there, Chris. And Mark, can you just r- run through how he pronounced the Dutch team? that we Was it Ajax no, no. or was it Ajax? <laughs> unbelievable unbelievable um returning in the communication hub this evening is alex white hello alex good evening and alex has had a little bit of a nightmare pre pre-show as well during the recording of our news in brief feature alex invented the word twice so look out for that he'll be organizing your communication today you can send your tweets to at whole radio it's hol radio um and also you can email us it's radio at homesdale.net or even you can give us a call. It's 0203 You can press 1 to come straight through to us, and 2 allows you to leave a voicemail of sorts. Um, today we're going to be discussing that Mill game in depth, uh, dealing with all your sort of opinions on that eventful match. Uh, we'll have the latest news from Palace in our News in Brief feature. We'll talk about the likelihood of losing Dougie Friedman to Bolton, which is getting... You know, a little bit worrying for a few people. Uh, we'll look ahead to those games coming up. Uh, Barnsley on Tuesday night and uh, Leicester, which is Palace on tour day three. Uh, they're both away games coming up in the next seven days. Um, as mentioned earlier, we'll be chatting with, uh, with the lads from the Renowns about the band itself and just about Palace and football in general. Um, but before we go any further, here's a quick shout out for Dan Crennell. Uh, happy 18th birthday, Dan, from your mum, Amanda and the whole whole radio team. Uh, but now it's time for News in Brief. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. David Goodwillie has cut short his loan spell with Chris. <laughs> 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 I give uh, up on you, start. Right, Alex, off you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to read a ball if this carries on. It's not my fault. No, I don't know. I don't know. Mike is... Lenny Lawrence said he's disappointed that young striker Quesio Parra has not been given enough game time on loan at Aldershot. The 22-year-old has recently returned from a month's spell on loan with Dean Holdsworth's side where he came off the bench just twice twice 
over a combined 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, David Goodwill has cut short loan spell with Chris Palace and returned to Blackburn Rovers. The 23-year-old was brought in by manager Dougie Freeman to boost his firepower options on transfer deadline day in August until January. However, he appeared just once from the bench after 63 minutes against Sheffield Wednesday, just 24 hours later. Does that make any sense? I don't really know. We should have read it through, really. Yeah. Um, earlier in the week, Dougie Friedman was the bookmaker's favourite to take the managerial vacancy of Bolton Wanderers. On Monday afternoon, his odds were shortened from a reasonably outside price. And that just, this doesn't make any sense either. I've got to stop letting Mikey write these things. Um, they plummeted further into the evening as speculation surrounding the next appointment at the Reebok Stadium increased. Bet 365 and Paddy Power had the score at 20 to 1 and 22 to 1, respectively, before crashing down to 13 to 2. Once and six to four. Dougie said, I only deal in facts, and the facts are that I have a game against Melwall this weekend. And I <laughs> oh dear. and I'm keeping to my, my fingers crossed that my players come back from international duty without any injuries. And I'm also keeping my fingers crossed that <laughs> I'm prepared in the best possible way so that we win the match. Uh, those are the facts, let's stick to the facts. However, news on Dougie switching to the Northwest has picked up pace since this morning. More on this a bit later. News in Brave. 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 Wilfred Zahar looking like Alice's most likely creator of something this evening. See the stars of tomorrow. Today. Welcome back to our coverage of Liverpool versus Crystal Palace from Sellers Park in the Under-21 Development League. Plays it up the line to Alessandri. Alessandri now. Live commentary from all home development games only on Homesdale Radio. Hi, uh, welcome back. I'm getting slightly worried about my Scottish accent, guys. It's, I'm, I'm starting to think I'm crossing a line between like having a joke and being a borderline offensive. What do you think? Is that a Scottish accent? Thanks for that, Albert. Oh man, <laughs> I was in anyway. Scotland last weekend. No one sounded yeah. anything like that. No, well, you're probably in a different area. You've just was... created a brand new, whole new language, mate, with that accent. Thank, thank, thanks, Mark. Um, look, we've got, we've got plenty to uh, to get on with today. Um, first thing we're going to do is talk about, well, talk about Dougie Friedman. Um, obviously, what's sort of the last few days really been been linked with a move to to manage Bolton Wanderers. Um, obviously, everyone's treated it with a kind of disdain that you'd expect because you know we're flying high in the table, they're struggling. Yes, you know the yes, they're a Premier League side from you know for ten years and got relegated last season, but but you know it didn't really seem to make a lot of sense. But it's it's gathering pace for a while. The the evidence is kind of mounting up, but there's been some sort of contact. So really, I'm going to start start with you guys and, and just get your opinions, and then and we'll have a have a quick uh, look at what the listeners think. Um, so Mark, first of all, let's, the, the the main question: Can you see Dougie leaving? Personally, no. But there's got to be sub substance behind it. It doesn't sort of, uh, you know, come out of thin air. So mm. there may well have been some contact from Bolton. They made an inquiry, maybe, and uh, and it's been blown out of proportion, I think. But um, no smoke without fire, as they say. So I'd say, you know, they probably entertain the idea that Doogie, they'd like Doogie as their next manager. And uh, he may have made an approach, but I can't really see him going. I, he, I think he's got too much to lose at Palace. Well, um, I mean, obviously, Dougie's contract, I, I believe, is up in six months. So, I mean, on, the, on that angle, Albert, do you think, could you understand maybe Dougie leaving for, for Bolton for, for job security reasons? Or is it too early in his career to be thinking like that? 
I think it's probably uh, too early for him to be thinking about it because I can't imagine that Parrish and, and Co aren't considering, you know, extending it. Um, it's all a bit weird, really. I'd be gutted if he went. Let's just say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Say it, it, so it, it kind of. You know. I, I feel the same. I, I, you can't have, obviously blame someone for looking after their interests, but in in the circumstances, it does seem a bit. Does seem a bit odd, a bit nonsensical. I, I was thinking it last week. I, I just can't imagine what would turn his head. Even if, I mean, I suppose if there's no contract forthcoming from Palace, and I know earlier in the season, obviously Dougie felt a little bit. Well, he said himself he was he was thinking of quitting. He was a little, you know, he was a bit put out by. By how things were going, and but obviously things have turned around massively since. And he's been backed by the board in the transfer market, and surely they wouldn't do that if they had any designs on on losing Dougie. So you don't know; you never really know what goes on behind the scenes. But you don't, well, and we don't know, do we? I mean, we we think it's all all you know, lovely jovely within the management team and and the owners and everything. And it may not be like that at all, you know. So there may be some beef behind there, uh, you know, where something behind the scenes that we don't know about as you said so well you've just used the words lovely jubbly and then the word beef in the, in the same sentence i've not really what's happened um i'm having but, a breakdown um, of the show right <laughs> but if um well listen if if well let, let's, you let's, can't let's, remember let's what you're to, gonna say i can't i can't you've just put me right off now let's, let's i'll talk to alex and try and get some opinions from the listeners alex hi um got a few for you um I've got one from Tony Gee. He said, "If Dougie leaves, uh, would be massively disappointed. Lack of contact, from, uh, lack of contract from the board seems strange, uh, given apparent faith in Dougie Freeman." Uh, another one for you from Patrick O'Connor says, "Dougie Freeman has brought us so much ability. We're really on the up. Would be devastating to leave at this point. Really hope he stays." And uh, one more for you from Kevin Roberts. Just making my news as we speak, or maybe I'll jump out the plane. Disaster. Hambo must be on the shortlist, though. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, the worst short thing about it as well is, is you know he, he's going he's gonna to take our best players with him if he went. <laughs> That's well, the other I mean, thing, isn't it? Yeah, you don't want to go. You don't want to get too far into the implications, do you? Because it, it is quite frightening when you think about the fact that you know all the things Dougie's been saying about Wilf and saying that. Know, this is the place for Wilf to develop. You know, I'm looking after him. I've known him for, from a very young age. All this sort of stuff. It, I mean, what message does it send out? I mean, I'll be absolutely certain that if Dougie was to go, then then Wilf's, you know, likely to go. And not necessarily to Bolton. I don't think they could afford him by any stretch. Yeah, but, but Freeman would be contradicting himself, you know, because he's saying that he wants to. He'll only send him to the right club that's going to develop him and further his career. And Bolton surely isn't that club. So uh, no. I think I we can rest, rest assured on that. I really can't, can't believe that, that he would want to leave. I really don't. I don't. Like we said, unless there's something we don't know about, unless there's some... Because there's nothing screaming the obvious giving him a reason to do it other than money, and but that doesn't really matter at this stage. He's, you know, as a manager, I think he's 38, Dougie. As a manager, that's ridiculously young. You know, most most people aren't in management at that age. And, uh, to yeah, be honest, I, Chris, though, he, yeah. he, um, he's, it's only come good, you know... For about the last eight weeks or so, do you know what I mean? I mean, and I'm surprised that, like, that a club like Bolton are actually looking at, at such a, like, a young manager, both in terms of experience and age. Mm. Yeah, uh, look, you can see their logic because I mean they've got a relatively young squad. Now. I mean, I think their under eighteen team is is top of the league by miles and is, is really promising. And I think 
you know they're they're in a they're not in a great financial situation themselves um, although their fans current today are maintaining that most of their debt is owed to an individual rather than a bank or anything like that but you know they're not they're not finan- doing financially great even with parachute payments they've got expensive wages they want to develop their own players exactly what how Dougie set up set us up to go but
Ah. Now, the question is, are we on live straight away? Hello? Who knows? Hello, I'm running again. Who knows? Oh, we we could be on live. We could. Probably got no listeners now. <laughs> I'm not sure we had any in the first place. If we are back live, um, I'm just waiting to, to hear from the producer that we are. So we'll just have us sitting in awkward silence for a while, if that's the case. Oh, we're on. There you go. Is it right? The producer just said on by the way. Yeah, yeah, thanks, thanks. So we're back. That's amazing, isn't it? So without breaking, um, well, I'm getting a few messages, funnily enough, while we were off air about this Dougie to Bolton thing that we were discussing. Uh, and it seems there's been something of a major meltdown over on, on the BBS that um, the, the, the rumours are that Dougie's going. Um, I don't quite know. Um, I don't know, know quite know whether that's 100% the case or anything like that, but... Um, well, it's looking looking worrying. Like, so I, again, these are all just internet rumours, as far as I know. But um, so I, I was incredibly confident it wouldn't happen, and now it's um, yeah, now it's looking like it is. So I mean, just what's uh, the format get here? Where did you where did you yeah. get that from? It's just I just happened to get a uh, a tweet and then a Facebook, uh, sorry, a Skype message. Um, that, that you know that things are starting to just the rumor mill is starting to go into meltdown really so i'm trying obviously we're trying to re- react to it i don't i don't know what the specifics are or what's happened or who said what it's it's a bit of a strange one really so um i'll oh, yeah. always tweeting if they hear anything yeah, while well, we're on air that's, that's it's that's exactly it really it's it you kind of you get these situations as albert was sort of jokingly saying you know when's ross mccormack getting here you get all these absolute certainties being sort of rumoured and all that sort of stuff. There's an article that's just gone out on the um, this is CroydonToday.co.uk uh, website. It's by Mark um, Mark Ritson, who's the advertisers person. And uh, if I'm just looking in, looking sort of down the article, and basically the headline is Palace Board set to decide on a Bolton approach for Friedman. And I don't think there's anything new. I just think it's sort of recycled information from the fact that. Bolton have it's come out from Bolton that they are going to make official approach and that they're waiting to hear back from Palace or something like that. So listen, we'll see what happens. Again, I don't think there's any concrete information, but there's all sorts of people who are starting to say that it's absolutely going to happen. So bit of a strange one. Um, oh, yeah, get very very confused. So anyway, I'm trying trying to react to sort of breaking news, but um, I, I think we'll probably leave that for now unless we hear anything absolutely certain. Um, and we're, yeah, we're going we're going and we'll talk about that game yesterday, which was obviously. A London derby against Millwall. Um, finished 2-2. We finished the game with 10 men after Dean Moxie uh, essentially played volleyball on our goal line. Uh, but up until that point, we'd, um, we were looking to, like we were going to steamroll at Millwall. It was, you know, we were two, two goals to the good, playing reasonably well. We'd, we'd seen off the early sort of frantic pace of the game. We got a little bit end-to-end. You know, a lot of bookings for for both sides, really. But certainly, Millwall, as expected, were were playing incredibly physical foot. Well, I call it football. It was resembling rugby at times, and you know, we we, we just you know we looked like we were outclassing them. And I think had had Dean Moxie not done what he did, and um, we'll talk about what the reasons for that in a minute. But if he hadn't done what he did, I think we'd have, we'd have seen a, an absolute massacre. I think we're talking four or five nil easily. Uh, that's my belief in it. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong on that, but that, that's, that's certainly how I feel. But um, 
Well, the starting eleven for Palace. Let's talk about that first. Um, I'll run through it quick, and then I'll, I'll go to Mark really, and we'll talk about it. Uh, Alex, I think that might be you breathing heavily, in, like a. Well, I'm going to say it like a rapist into your microphone. Do you um? Could you not do that? Yay. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, Junius Brony started in goal. Dean Moxie started at left back with um, Darcy Blake at right back, and Delaney and Ramage continued their centre back partnership. Uh, Yannick Balassi started on the left of midfield with Wolf Zaha on the right. We had Jedanak and uh, KG sitting in the middle. We're just ahead of them, Garvin in behind uh, Glenn Murray. And, um, well, in terms of a, sele- of a selection, Mark, Joel Ward was, uh, was obviously left on the bench once more, and uh, and Moxie preferred to pass. So in, in the back four, what did you think of that? Um, it wouldn't have been my first choice back four. Um I thought we looked poor on the right side. So I thought when Ward came on, he was quite impressive. And I'm not really sure what he's going to have to do to get a starting berth, to be honest. I think Blake makes a better centre-half than he does right back. But to be fair to Ramage, he had a reasonable game yesterday. Um, Well, he too could have been sent off. But uh, I think I would have played Ward, Blake, Delaney and Parr if... if, um, from the starting eleven, I was also surprised that uh, Moritz didn't start because he started most of the home games. He hasn't actually started an away game yet, mm. and uh, he got left out. And I, it, it seemed it, it worked, I suppose, to a certain extent because um, they just replaced him with Garvin, and Garvin had a, a good game as it as it goes. And um, so it, it's all in hindsight. But I was quite surprised. It been quite it worked. Murray seems to really work really well with Moritz. They seem to have a good understanding. And I was just, uh, I was quite surprised. I don't know whether he's just doing yeah. a squad rotation thing or, or, or whether there was a genuine, you know, tactical reason for it. Because I didn't think Millwall provided any sort of threat. No, <clears throat> I, I think minutes. <clears throat> I think he does certainly Dougie does do uh, rotation for certain players, but I, I just think perhaps he he viewed maybe it's a bit cynical, and he just sort of viewed the fact that Moritz. He's talked before about him not doing any strength work or anything like that until he arrived in England and I think maybe he saw a, you know a derby game and the mill match being a you know it was a physical game and that's probably what he would he would have known that in advance maybe he thought Moritz would get bullied off the ball and what have you but yeah I, I agree it was it was a little bit of a surprise and, and in some ways a bit of a disappointment but having said that none of the three that were picked in, in Jedinak, KG and, and Garvin have done anything wrong at all and all contribute in their own ways, and and one of, obviously one of the ways that they contributed was Jednak's goal. Um, what a strike that was, Albert! Have you seen it yet? Yeah, I watched it just before the show actually on and on the iPlayer. Uh, mm. I was I sit right behind that goal, and uh, yeah, all of a sudden the ball appeared in that bottom corner, and um, I thought I I first reaction I thought it must have taken a deflection, but you know on the, on all the replays on the day, and and like I say on the football league show, what a strike! Yes. Amazing. There's just such a lot of swerve on it. Like you say, it looked like a deflection, but just arrowed into that bottom corner. And the distance out, I didn't really realise at the time how far out that was, but it must... It reminded me a bit of Ambrose against Man United last year. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Obviously, a different type of strike. Ambrose is just... No, but I mean, sort of distance and the swerve, you know, that sort of thing. It involved kicking a ball from distance, yeah. (laughs) With with swerve on it as well. Yeah, with swerve, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's similar. Anyway, what did you think about... um, I I was surprised to see Easter on the bench. Not because I don't like the guy, but because he hasn't featured at all. So, uh, um, what did you think about Williams on the bench? All this talk 
that he was going to be not available on Saturday or on Tuesday, and he was on the bench and he got a bit of game time as well. I think sort of Dougie did drop a little bit of a hint. He said uh, he talked about the fact that Williams heals quickly, um, but you know, I think if you, even even if he's only sort of fifty fifty, if you if you can, you put someone like Johnny Williams on the bench, don't you? Because you know, I'm really happy that that the rep, seemingly the rest of the footballing world doesn't realise what a good player he is because. You know, for for me, you know, he played eight minutes, and it was a difficult situation. That was, that was probably the biggest positive I took from the game was, was the fact that he was back so quickly after that. Well, look, quite a nasty little injury, and then, you know, and, and yeah, again, like I say, he's not getting a lot, awful lot of attention or anything like that. So he's he's kind of still like a like a trump card for us. And so we've got to have one tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> now you've but, said um, that. Yeah, let's 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 hope none. I think we don't see. We've seen this before, haven't we? Again, I'm going a little bit back to the subject, but we've seen. You know, we had we had under Steve Bruce, we had the team went top of the league, and we had a, a sort of a, a squad that just sort of came together and started working for each other really well. And you know, just one little approach from a, a club that were below lower than lower than us in the league, but still had obviously a, a bit of money to throw around and, and a big reputation in Birmingham. And then they, um, yeah, and then that team broke up and all that promise, all that excitement that we had just completely evaporated and really hope that we don't have a history repeating itself situation here. But, you know, on that cheerful note, let's um, let's move on a little bit. Um, so, yeah, obviously, one of the other subjects, Mark, I think you wanted to talk about was the number of goals we're conceding here. Now, yeah. obviously, looking at the, looking at the, this game, because really you've got to view each game in isolation. So you look at, this game, we've conceded one goal from a pen- from the penalty spot with a defensive aberration from Dean Moxie, and the other ones come from a, a corner when we've got ten men. And it, again, it was pretty lucky that, that it went in. And to be honest, it looked like a foul on Peter Ramage. But yeah, you know, even even taking that into account, we're still it's another game where we've conceded two goals uh, and two goals at home. I think that's was that a third consecutive game we've conceded two at yeah. home. So, and what do, what do you think it is that's, that's causing this? Well, I don't, I don't think that defensively the quality is quite there in comparison to last season when we had McCarthy and Gardner as the regular centre-halves. And um, there's a little bit, obviously, we haven't got a settle-back for. I, I don't think, I think McCarthy's still a month away from playing. And um, I, I just think that, but it's not, it's not even that, uh, you you would think that they would all be able to adapt because they train with each other every day and so forth. But it's the quality of the goals that we concede. They're all sort of through our own mistakes. They're not from brilliantly worked well, you know, well-worked goals, fantastic creative play. You know, rarely are they. They're all um, from errors or, or, you know, instead of clearing the ball, it's, you know, or passing it to, a, a, you know, your own play, you pass it to the oppo and gets knocked back in and they score and it's all like that that goal um that second goal to me was a was was ridiculous because it came from a set piece from a corner it came off the guy's knee before it went in and we had no one on the back post or the front stick either and and i think if we had had someone on sticks they they would have been able to get rid of it and in the end it was just brony i just managed to push it into the side netting and it's i just think you know, I just think there's also a lack of concentration sometimes within the back four. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'm, people, I've, I've read things and people are saying, well, there's a communication problem and so forth. But I just think um, the quality isn't quite 
I mean, potentially there are good a good back sort of six that we have, whichever four Doogie chooses to play. So, you know, and as I said, they are training all the time, so they should be able to sort those things out. But I just, yeah. I, we, we've been scoring some fantastic goals. Look at the two goals we scored against Millwall compared to the two that we conceded. You know, fantastic goals. And the goals we conceded were just just like, you know, you just put your head in your hands when they go in, don't you? You don't go, think yeah. that was that was well-worked goal. That, that's a cracking goal. You know, you just think, no, you know, and you and you know when Spony stands up for a penalty, you know he's never going to save it. You know, it's just yeah, like, I've, I've it's this, like, you know, and I've but I mean that's shit, anyway, you know. I'd, yeah, it's it's not an area I think. No, it's not worth any, uh, going real, on about. But yeah, yeah. yeah. As everyone but knows, if you hit a penalty correctly, then the keeper shouldn't save it. So it's yeah. just one of those things. But anyway, Dean, um, Mo- Dean Moxie would have saved it. Yeah. <laughs> he would. Um, all right, look, that's a good that's a good interruption, really, because let's talk about Dean Moxie. Let's talk that situation. Um, personally, I felt but even before that that situation happened, he he was letting uh, Chris Taylor, a sort of he looked a little bit like the love child of Jimmy Billard and Ray Parlow out on the right there. And, little quiet boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, he was making his debut as well. It was his you debut. They got they got him off Oldham. Uh, Oldham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he looked he looked um looked a very good little player, but he, you know, he was getting past Dean Moxie quite easily there and. You know, D- Dean was having a tough game, but but I think anyone who know who knows anything about football knows that when you know you don't want you will do anything you can to stop to stop a goal going in. You, you really will, and it's not a con- it, like, he's not made a conscious kind of a, like thought that he, that's what he was going to do, and he hasn't thought. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's an absolute nightmare because obviously it's late in the game. You can kind of understand it. If the penalty doesn't go go in, it looks like a great decision. But for if he just obviously if he just left let the ball go in, it's two one. But it's eleven v eleven, and, and I'm sure his team teammates probably felt like that. But you know, and they made a mistake. But what what were your thoughts on it, Mark? Yeah, well, uh, pretty similar to you. But Moxie, he kind of set his stall out. He was booked after I think four minutes, so he was always going to have to be careful. And as you said, Taylor ran rings around him really um, down down there right, and he didn't. It, it wasn't a good day for him from sort of like the fourth minute. You know, as soon as he got booked, then he was you know he had to be careful about what challenges he made. Taylor did have the better of him, and I just didn't don't think Moxie looks as sharp as he has done in previous seasons. And although Parr came on and replaced him at left back, and I I'm quite a fan of Parr, and obviously he's our player of the year from last year mm. he hasn't also been um up to the standard he was last year in my in my own estimations anyway i don't know what other people yeah. think but i think that but and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago par to me is a sort of person he played like 70 odd games didn't he last season mm. and he needs to play regularly like wilf does there's certain players who can dip in and out of the side, and they can, and and they perform well whenever they're you know whenever they're brought in. But there's certain players who, if they don't play regularly, it takes them a while to get into into the into the role and and up to speed and up to match fitness and everything. And I think Jonathan Parr benefits from playing game after game after game. He thrives yeah. on that, and that's where I think why performances have been a little bit below par. Excuse the pun, but. Because he doesn't get to play, because he just doesn't get the chance to play 
as regularly as he did last season. He was more or less an ever-present. Even if he wasn't playing left-back, he was playing left-side and midfield, wasn't he? So, yeah. you know, obviously we've got a slightly well, different setup now with Zaha and Balassi, but that's the way I look at it anyway. Mm-hmm. He was having okay, a well, mid-oxy, we... and, yeah. and, 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 and it went from bad to worse. I don't... Yeah. I mean, I also wanted to say that, you know, all the people that tweeted abuse are completely out of order, in my opinion. Yeah, that's I what mean, I was... he is... I, I, yeah, I was just going to say that, like, he's a professional footballer. He's a family man. He's a he's a he's a top pro, and you know he he just you know he made a mistake. We all make mistakes. We're all humans. That doesn't mean that that gives people the right to no, abuse we've, him. We've, call we've him. been down this road before, haven't we? When we earlier on in the season, when things were going well, there was abuse coming from on Twitter towards the um, boxy god got that again. I think with the. Um, the mistake that he made again up at Bristol, um, and obviously the owners got some grief from as well, and were being told all sorts of stuff. And I mean, and again, it's sort of it's sort of a name and shame situation. Brendan Moore uh, said yeah. you basically called called him a c word and said I don't need to tell you. You know, you already know. Adam McCarthy said you're an idiot. Gary Nestling said something completely unintelligible that was about 80% swearing that I can't even read it out. Matt Swallow, Lewis Cook, Sam Bevan, Nick Cridland, all Chris Hambling. Chris Hambling? No, he was, he was like, <laughs> but no, they all, they all, those all people that abused Dean Moxie on Twitter because he got sent off in a football match. Trying to kill anyone, you know, it's just ridiculous. It's so uncalled for and turning on your own players. It's just all wrong. You know, he's a nice guy as well. As people call themselves palace fans. I'm, yeah, I'm not it's embarrassing. It's it embarrassing. It's why the internet shouldn't be free for everybody. It shouldn't. There should be a test of some sort, shouldn't there? Should be a, you should have to apply for the internet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, mate. Well, go on, uh, Albert. What's your, your your take on the situation, just ge- in general, about what Moxie did? It's understandable, isn't it? Uh, yeah, we've all. I, I can't see how m- more players don't do it more often because I you know I play five a side and I. Maybe do it twice a week. You know, just the ball comes <laughs> so you're across. You're a cheat as well. The arm goes out. <laughs> but I, like, I can't think who it was. I think it was on the board. I like how someone said, uh, you know, how he tried to feign injury, you know, by holding his face. Yeah. That was like, that was shame and embarrassment. It, it wasn't, uh, yeah. no, it wasn't a, a Stephen Taylor, Newcastle on the line, holding his face. You know, you yeah. could tell it was p- purely instinct. The arm just came out. And yeah, uh, yeah it's, you know, it's silly and it's regrettable, but, you know, so they call it intentional handball, but you know it almost wasn't because it was yeah. so just a reflex. Yeah, but yeah, it changed the game completely. Um, yeah, and he—it's like all that, like you said, and look on his face. He knew all those things in there. Yeah, so those moments, the sort of even the milliseconds after he did it, he was just thinking. He would have thought I should just have let it go in. I, you know, I'm now, I'm going off this pitch. It's still the first half. We're two 0 up. It's a derby game. All those things, and it's just such a shame it went like it did, and it's such a shame we couldn't hold out because you know that's what's probably provoked this anger. But people need to just—I so mean, they only tried to a... argue it. They were like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. But maybe I don't know. I don't know what he was trying. Really, there was no getting away from it. Really, I don't think. But um, no, I don't. It's, it's really—it's a shame. There was there was it. One of the, the worst comments was actually from someone who just lost an accumulator or something like that. It said to Dean Moxie, oh, I hope you die in a car crash. It's like, oh, yeah, what a lovely thought. Fucking wonderful person you are. Mm-hmm. But there we go. Let's, I mean, like I say, every true Paris fan will understand that, you know, Dean Moxie didn't do that deliberately. He didn't set out to cost us any anything in the game and what have you. But anyway, we've got a caller on the line. 
Hello. Hello. Hi, my name's Ben. Uh, sorry, I cut you off there. Was it Ben? Yeah, it's Ben. Yeah. Hello, mate. You all right? Yeah, yeah. Yourself? Yeah, great. Thank you. Yeah, I've just been uh, listening in, and I just thought I'd uh, give my opinion on the uh, match yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Um. I was going to say because you brought up Moxie, um, I think that uh, I completely agree that it was unacceptable of the Palace fans to disrespect him on Twitter. Because personally, if I was him, I would have done the exact same um, as he did. Because it's a split-second decision, and uh, there's nothing that you can do um, to control it off the line. I mean, if he had let it gone in, maybe there could have been a chance we could have uh, easily got a win in. Um, but. Uh, I think it's not acceptable, yeah. and I'm a bit. I'm a bit. For me, the three major problems yesterday was the fact that you know Moxie getting sent off, Zaha getting booked, which means that he can't play against Barnsley right, on yeah. Tuesday, and um, uh, I, can't, I can't remember the other one. But for me, that makes me think: you know, can we have a good, strong, hard game against Barnsley um, without Zaha on? Yeah, but I think That's... that if we do put, yeah, sorry, carry on. Yeah. No, I was going to say, you're absolutely right. I mean, obviously, it's going to be a difficult... It's a difficult game up at Barnsley every time. It's always a Tuesday night. It's always freezing cold or raining or both. And, you know, when you when you lose someone like Zaha, obviously, he's he's the one who's been firing the team recently. But, obviously, it gives opportunities for other people, of course. But, no, you're right, you're right to point that out. It's a bit of a worry. So. Ben, do you think, um, do you think uh, that Dean Moxie is having a good season or in different season? I mean, would you pick him as your first choice left-back? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think I've, I'm ple- I'm pleased from the moment we signed him. I think he's done fantastic at defending, and um, I, I really admire him for the work that he's done. You know, if whether he's playing from the start of the kickoff or if Dougie Friedman brings him on as a substitute, I think okay, that's a good choice. So, and you know, I'll never forget that game he got against Derby. That quality volley he got um, a couple of seasons ago, um, and. You know, so I did feel a lot of sympathy for him when he got uh, sent off because we all knew, and especially him, that from the moment he handballed it, he knew the ref was getting a red card out. But, um, you know, I, I'm not going to have a go at the guy because uh, none of it was, like I said, none of it was his fault and it was just a split decision. Um, but I think if, well, personally, my only complaint from yesterday was that I was a bit disappointed that Morris didn't come on. Um, yeah. I mean, what it was really a surprise that he got left out at the beginning, to be honest, because he's been pretty regular at Sellers Park. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot, a lot of people said that. I mean, a lot, a lot of people said that. Um, I'm surprised that he hasn't started yet. Why is he on the bench? Because he's done well in the last few games. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a tactical, weren't you, Chris? I think there was a, there was definitely bringing in Garvin was. He did. Yeah, was, I just think, like I said before, I, I, I just think Dougie was probably preparing for the for the way Millwall played the game and, and he probably felt that Moritz wasn't going to get any real space or time on the ball. I don't, I'm not so sure. I think Moritz is, is that class of player that he would have found space and he would have found time on the ball. And like you were saying, Mark, he works so well with Glenn Murray and I think Murray would have been a bigger threat as well. But it's yeah. all very well sitting here and saying that. But at the end of the day, before, yeah. before Moxie got sent off doing what he did instinctively, we were 2-0 up and cruising. So oh, we you can't say it was the wrong decision. The- in the second half, if it was eleven men, he'd have, mm. he'd have come off the last half an hour or so. I imagine. Yeah, but, um, yeah, you're probably right. You know, when you go down to ten men, it changes everything. And 
my my uh, my annoyance behind me who turned happened to turn up for the you know the one game but it hadn't been going well recently. Mm. He uh, as he quite put out, we always getting oh it's two on one again it's two on one again and uh, seemed to forget the fact that they had an extra player. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, was... a lot of people got that. <laughs> yeah. I um had a bit of some harsh words with Hull Radio's Joe Holyoke after the game. Um, mm. Oh, I saw that. Was, yeah, he was, uh, I was I was a bit emotional after the game, as I'm sure he was as well. But he was watching it on a on a stream at home, which I think is probably illegal. I think I have to report him for that. But anyway, <laughs> um, obviously, yeah, he was he was watching it Gross. at home and 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 sort of he got very frustrated by it. But I don't see it myself. And I'll ask you this, Ben, before we let you go. I just want to leave you hanging there. But um, uh, <laughs> obviously, there there were you know we're talking about people expressing a degree of frustration at the way we played with ten men and in that second half. Um, and that we were sitting too deep on all those things. Personally, I think, obviously, you're going to get pushed deep when the team's it's a derby match and they've got an extra man. But what were your own thoughts on how we approached the game with 10 men? Well, I, I personally think if you're, you're done, I think we, we, we didn't do that well in the second half. I mean, they were all over us. But I kept on saying to my head, you know, whether a, a substitute or two comes on, I think whether you're down to 10 men, even nine men, you should still put a lot of effort in, like as if you, ha- you if you have got eleven men, because that's happened in plenty of times in matches. You know, even you know a player, sorry, a team might get a player that's sent off, but they still do pretty well. And I didn't see that happen not one yesterday. Mm. Um, but you know, I'm I'm proud of uh, the amount of effort they've done, like for the uh, next goal, like they did in the first forty minutes. Mm. And um, you know, I do uh, look forward to. The next few games at Palace, and um, one last thing I do want to quickly say before I go is yeah. today because there's been a lot of talk about this Friedman and um, going to Bolton thing. I think that's a load of nonsense. Not like nonsense because this is a rumour. I mean, obviously, he could be having a few words with the chairman, but I can't see him going up mm. to Bolton personally. I think he's uh, going to give us some, a lot of support in the next uh, in the future. And um, so, yeah, that's what. No, that's, that's great and then just before I let you go we've got a little bit of news on that I think obviously things keep being said all the time in various different social medias and stuff see things we've been told things were looking a bit negative uh, Neil Ashton obviously he's a well known journalist and obviously Palace fan as well has said that there'll yeah. be an article if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers with Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. 
at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Up on the mail uh, about Dougie Freeman's big decision. So obviously people were wondering what that might be. And a little bit later on, Ed Malan, who you may know is also a Palace fan and a very good journalist as well. Uh, and he said that um, he expects Dougie Friedman to agree a new contract with Palace tomorrow and that the Bolton interest came at a good time for him to get that sorted. So there you go, some positive signs for you, Ben, before we sign off. Cheers for the call, Ben. Thanks a lot for the call. Really appreciate it, mate. Thanks. Cheers, Ben. Cheers. Cheers. Nice one. Really appreciate it, mate. Okay, that was Ben. So Ben gave us a call and you can do that too. 0203475999. If possible, we'll try and squeeze another one in if people get in touch. Um, but there's a few more little bits and pieces. We talked about our tactics there, but Mark, you wanted to make a quick point on the 10 men. Yeah, situation. I would just... Um, it always seems like whenever we play against 10 men, there seems to be quite a lot of sendings off at Sellers Park in the you know in recent matches. Uh, it always seems like the opposition play that little bit better you know they their game they step their game up and i thought that we did the reverse of what everybody else seems to do to us and it seems to me like uh doogie has all these plans in place in his mind anyway to deal with certain situations and practices uh you know practice them on the training ground no doubt like how to set up home away whether we're winning or losing trying to see a game out substitutions etc but yesterday it looked like the squad had not practiced the situation of going down to 10 men and I couldn't believe like, like how defensive and, and how much confidence the players seemed to lose and how deep we sat for the whole of the second half. It was just, and I mean, we lost our left back, you know, he was replaced. Okay, we were man down, but we just, you know, teams t- t- tend to play that little bit, put that little bit extra in because they have to work that little bit harder. And it it just didn't seem like like the team knew what they were doing or who was supposed yeah, to be doing what and who was supposed to be covering for, for the fact that we were a man down. And, yeah, no, and I, I, we, don't you think? I, no, well, I, I don't really agree. I kind of, well, I know exactly where you're coming from, man. And I have to say the thought crossed my mind as well that, you know, I've seen us, I can't remember who it was we were playing now. Possibly, no, it was obviously this season against, against Forest. Obviously, they went down to 10 men. Uh, and they they were really tough for us to break down and ended up getting a last-minute equaliser. So I know where you're coming from, but... For me, the difference was there's two things that were different, and that's the point I was trying to make yesterday when I was getting irate about it. But the two, for me, there's two there's two big differences in in, in that the game was a was a derby game in which we were already winning and against you know against fierce rivals. Okay, so and and the other thing is the type of players that we've got, and I'll, I'll come to that in a minute. So the thing about the, the the fact that it was a derby game. Millwall were losing, losing the match against us and, and they were losing it badly and they'd just gone 2-0 down, right? So obviously they're, think, they're thinking, you know, we're letting our fans down, we're letting our manager down, we're, we're being comfortably outplayed and then all of that's happening. They're going to go into half-time, they're going to go into half-time comfortably losing and looking like getting nothing and suddenly they're thrown a lifeline. Not only do we give them a penalty, um, but, we, but we get rid of, we lose a player as well. That's a huge incentive for them, and it's—it's. It's, I say it's not like any other game, a derby match. Mark Bright was talking about it last week. That you throw the form book out the window during derby games, and it's—and it, like I say, that's what makes it a different circumstance. And the other thing is that we have, unfortunately, we have got a degree of youth and in, in, inexperience in certain areas. That means that the players are are more inclined to be pushed back and to be sort of harried. And Zaha became less effective, in, certainly in the, the latter part of that second half. Because he simply wasn't seeing the ball, it was easier for for Mill to stop stop the ball getting to him, and 
you know, we had spells of possession, and, and Balassi, who who had a really good game before we went off. Um, you know, there were there were times where he looked really, really dangerous in that second half, and was was doing really well. But in the day, we 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 just did not cope with the player that we lost. Yeah, but, I think yeah, but Chris, system, I think yeah, go on. I was going to say the system that we played doesn't didn't really lend itself. It wasn't that big a difference, but the key thing was that the per, the the what makes our system work at the moment for us is that person who sits in front of the two midfielders be it Moritz or be it Garvin or be it Johnny Williams when he plays in there that's kind of that position has been the key for us and Dougie's choice rightly or wrongly was to for that to be the position that was sacrificed and i think is maybe there there was a slightly better system we could have played maybe we could have just gone like a 4-4-1 and and Sort of still sat there with two banks of four and just got the midfield forward and all those sorts of things. We could have done this and we could have done that and blah 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 blah. But at the end of the day, but for a slightly dodgy bit of defending and a possible foul from a corner, we still would have seen out that game, I believe. But I think when you when you're down to ten men, Chris, the only way you're going to score is counter-attacking football, right? And we have one of the best players in the championship going forward in Wilf Zaha, and he was completely isolated in the second half. He saw nothing of the ball and almost became disinterested in the game and frustrated through the game because we weren't able to feed like our most potent threat, basically. And, and we had trouble stringing a couple of passes together at times and we defended so deep. There was not a lot of space between the back four and the midfield. And it was kind of like Wilf was way out on the left on one side and then Glenn Murray was sort of way up the middle of the park 30 40 yards from Wilf and there, and there was just nothing going on it was just I just thought I just didn't think under those circumstances he, I mean it happened just before half time so he had he had time to sort it out in the dressing room and I just mm. don't think that we played as Mark, well as we could have done yeah so uh, uh, yeah hi oh he's just dropped out that's a nightmare we had a caller but he's just stopped you talking there Mark I think I'll I, come in yeah, I was going to say, Albert, you wanted to make so a I, point. Should I pretend to be a caller or shall I just make my point? Just just be yourself. That's yeah. the best advice I can give yeah, you. I know what you're saying with regards to, you know, Zaha didn't see much of the ball and, you know, we, we weren't feeding him. But, you know, even with 11 men, like, you know, they had three three players on him at all times. And when we're a man down, it's much easier for them to, you know, box him out of the game. You know, because they're knowing that there's one less player who's not getting space to worry about, you know, so mm. they, they can just freeze him out. And, and if they do that, especially with our 10 men, you know, they're going to keep us quiet. And I'm going to say, I thought Millwall deserved a bit of credit the way they played in the second half. I thought mm. they, you know, I thought they were going to come out. I think I put it on Twitter, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Millwall went down to 10 men, you know, shortly after halftime as well, because they had so many yellows, but they came yeah. out very composed and, you know, they knew what they had to do. And, you know, I thought they did it quite well. You know, you've got to give a bit of credit where credit's due, sadly. Uh, you're right. You're right, and obviously that's 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 kind of like the the unsaid thing that there's all. Like I, said, I always say like on this on this show, I always talk about the fact that people, you know, everyone make you know everyone's making valid points, but we never really consider the opposition. Um, I've seen you know I've seen some some sort of tweets coming in, and and one that I just noticed from from Tony uh, Johnson was just saying that, um, you know, we should have gone on the offensive in that second half, and I I don't think for a second that the Dougies not has said anything like the sort of saying that don't don't attack or just keep it tight or anything. I don't think he's for a second he said that I think all he's probably said to them is just try and keep your shape try and you know you're going to be under the cosh because 
it's a derby game. You'd have been under the cosh anyway with them trying to get back in it. But now you're you're a man down, and as you, we were just talking about, you can throw caution to the wind. So I don't think that there was any conscious decision. I just think we were. No, we I'm were just saying we didn't adapt. Yeah, I agree. There wasn't. It was, we didn't consciously play that way, but we just fell into this sort of trap of just of of, of not being able to sort of get out of our own half for most of it. I mean, someone um, at football promos has. Uh, tweeted in and said, when at 10 men yesterday, Murray gave 110%. Well, I, Murray gave up, always gives us 110% in my, my opinion. And he didn't get a free kick all day. And then, then that mm. brings us on to Phil Dowd, which is a whole, like, you could have a whole program yeah, yeah. just talking about. I mean, it could be the Phil Dowd show instead of the Homestead Radio show because there's so much we could discuss on uh, what an atrocious performance refereeing performance yeah uh, I, I, I don't know I, if you want to go into that or not we'll, we'll very we'll very quickly skim around it obviously i'm very conscious of the fact we lost uh, a bit of time when we were disconnected yeah. from the internet um but and we've got the the lads from the renowns waiting to talk to us but um yeah very very quickly on that i want to just make the point that i felt phil dow was equally awful for both teams myself um although i think first half he was perhaps a little bit uh awful in our favour, and the second half he was awful in Mill's favour. I think that's kind of how it worked out. Which the team that was on top seemed to get the benefit of his insanity. But um, I just don't know. There was a lot of yellow cards that went about, and yes, there was some. You know, there was quite a lot of chatting from Danny Shitu, should we say? Um, and there were some was some late, a few late chatting channels. a lot of Shitu. <laughs> he was chatting a lot of Shitu. Yeah, honestly, I mean, it, yeah, it's an obvious joke to make, but he was terrible. I just. I haven't seen yeah, but, but Pete, I'll tell you what though. People were saying Danny Shitsu should have been sent off, right? Because he, yeah. Uh, got a caller. Hi, hi caller. Yeah. It's Danny Shitsu. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, mate. Who's that? It's Jason from Wallace. Jason. Yeah. Hey. Hello, mate. What do you want to say? Hi. Yeah, I just want to talk about um, Wolf, really. Um, most games I've been to this season, they've been sort of alternating um, him and Balassi on the wings. It didn't happen yesterday in the mm. second half. I'm just wondering, do you, went, do you think that decision was made because the Mill fans were on that side of the pitch? Because I've liked what we've done this season. We've, we've stopped yeah. them over, so we've kept the teams guessing. But it didn't happen yesterday. And I'm just wondering, was that a tactical thing so he could stay in front of Freeman to, Freeman to keep sort of talking to him in the second half? That's yeah, a good shout, actually. Wilf, I didn't... Wilf, Wilf sat, looked, he, he looked wound up, obviously, yesterday. Mm. I mean, he was... I thought he was actually quite lucky to start a pitch, really. He, you know, he, he pushed that player over and, and he, was, he got a yellow for it. And actually, he, if the ref had seen it, he probably could have gone. Mm, no, I, so, I agree. I'm just wondering touch. why they didn't swap him and Velassi over. I mean, Velassi was having a great game, in my opinion. But in, in every game I've seen this season, they've swapped him and, and uh, Velassi over. And it didn't happen yesterday. It's an interesting uh, suggestion that it might be down to the, the Millwall fans. Certainly they were booing him. Um, mm. But then obviously they became confused at various times and booed Balassi <laughs> and, yeah, and Fiji well, yeah. as well. They didn't really know who it was that they were booing, um, you yeah. know, for obvious reasons. But like, um, yeah, I, I, maybe you're right, and you're right. One of the biggest factors in our, in our, our quality attacking play has been the fact that Balassi and Wilf are con- you know, continuously swapping over and giving defence a hard yeah. time. Uh, yeah, I, oh, you might be right. I can't think of any other reason why they wouldn't do it unless. Mm. Unless they had specific game plans for Wolf against Alan Dunn, maybe who, mm. you know, is not the best right back in the world. So um, <laughs> no, you're right. Exactly. But Wolf was lucky. To ah, start. it's Jimmy Savile, is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> great chant. That was a great chant. 
Um, I'm not sure we can technically repeat it, but it was yeah. it was a, it was a classic. Um, I mean, any got any other thoughts on the game, Jays? I mean, we we were just talking yeah, about. Yeah, I thought about was um, when we went down ten men. I, I thought to myself that we should have probably gone to like um, like a three-five-one formation, so play three centre backs and then sort of pack the midfield out, so we weren't so stretching the field and, and left obviously Murray up front on his own. But mm. I thought three-five-one would have suited us better, and uh, it just confused me yesterday because. The Forest game, when Forest went down to 10 men, they looked like a better team. They, they all gave an extra sort of 10%. But we didn't give it yesterday, did we? We didn't, we didn't win those 50-50 balls. We, we, we weren't passing, you know. We, we just... So I was saying the to crowd, you, Chris. The crowd, you know? the crowd were very quiet. And maybe that affected the players. I don't know. But I just thought, we, for once, we maybe should just change our formation and gone with three centre-backs, five in the field, and, and just sort of play with two sort of wing-backs higher up the pitch, you know? What yeah, do I do. I, I know what you're saying, Jason, and obviously myself and Mark are sort of disagreeing on that point. You, you sort of come across with, with Mark's opinion. I, I don't know if it would have been necessarily that. Except I think it's quite simplistic to view. And so you're right, in Forest all over the pitch just, just seemed to galvanise after going and a man down, if you like, and, and mm. we certainly didn't do that. But I, I still feel it's because of the type of game it was. I, don't, I, look, I look to every, every player out there and I couldn't honestly tell you that any of them became, you know, sort of shrunk back into their shell, or any individual didn't give his all. But we just, it just wasn't cohesive. It was just difficult. Mm. I, I, you're right to point it out, and I think the reasons are perhaps a little bit more complex than we technically have time to go into. But yeah, yeah so it's but an interesting situation. I don't, I don't disagree completely, but um, and certainly Mark does agree with exactly what you're saying. But um, cool, cool. Anyway, well, Jason, thanks for your thing. Um, yeah, no, can I just say one thing before I go? Um, well done your support for the group they've announced a great group from what I've heard they're Palace fans a few of them are Palace fans but well done for your support and the guys and I'm hoping that they go forward and go further oh, nice the, one mate the... well we're going to go to them any second now as well cheers, so thanks brilliant. very much for your call mate thanks cheers pal cheers mate bye thanks, cheers. Bye. bye okay thanks a lot to Jason for his call there and uh, yeah we do have to talk to the renowned now I can hear myself back for some yeah, reason there's an echoing going on fucking me out man it's quite weird isn't it Hmm. But anyway, the, the lads sort it out, all, producer. Yeah, sort it out. Yeah, come on, producer. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm filling for some reason. Ah, now, hi guys. Hi, how you doing? Well, good. We've got an echo going on here um, at the moment. I'm not really sure why. So, just try and ignore it. Pretend it's not happening. Um, so, um, hopefully, I will, there'll be Jay, James, and Gaz. There, is that correct? Yeah, that's that's us. Yeah. Fantastic. And is it Jay and James who are the Palace fans? Yes, for, for our sins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who are you in instruments? Who are you in instruments? Uh, we're, we're both the guitarists in, in the band. And okay. uh, who, who's the third? Gaz is he's a Pompey fan. Yeah. yeah. So, and, uh, and the bassist. So he, he's another glutton for punishment. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say Gaz nearly didn't have a team to support, but things are looking yeah. a bit more positive yeah. there at the moment. Um, all right, listen, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. But first of all, I, w- I want to know a bit more about you, about who you are, how, how you got started, how long you've been a, a band and what have you. So whoever's feeling bravest, let us know. <laughs> okay, uh, well, yeah, it's, it's Jay here. Um, we've been going in some sort of shape or form for, it's, it's around about, what, 18 months, yeah, years, something like that. Um, started taking it seriously a, a while ago. Um, funnily enough, there's a, a Palace-related story in here as well. It's all connected. Um, Jay and myself have been mates for oh, about 15 years, something like that, sort of schoolmates, and um, 
yeah, growing up going to Palace, and um, I mean, you, you when you were in hell, about, about six, and I, I went to the first game when I was about ten. So you know, we're we're long suffering the rest as everyone else is. Um, and uh, yeah, we we met a guy through much of yourselves probably do you know going to uh, to games and uh, you know you, you see the same people at away games now. You, you know, you make mutual friends with that, and, and basically a, a mutual friend of his was a, a guy we met. Um, and uh, he, he plays drums for us, um, and, and he, he had a, a guy that could sing. Um, and then uh, uh, I kind of went from there. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, I made guys who was originally a guitarist, and uh, actually picked up the bass to, to learn it for the group. And um, yeah, that, that's it really. So we've we've just sort of uh, you know started um, yeah sort of getting out in the scene really. We're, we're a bit bit long on the tooth for it, but uh, in, enjoying it. Oh, fantastic! Did um, you go? Do you think, um, guys? Do you think that the connection with Palace and 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 the music has helped help you know sort of move your career forward because oh, you oh, seem oh. to have had good good feedback from from palace fans and yeah, yeah. obviously uh it seems to have worked they're sort of like connecting the music and the football seems yeah. to have like given you more exposure do you think that yeah very, well, very much so yeah that, that's kind of paramount i'd just like to say jason i think his name was who i was on on before thank you very much for your kind comments you know all uh all, all that's appreciated um Funny enough, Joe and myself were saying we're, we're very lucky in the fact that you know Palace is one of those teams that anyone supports it knows that the you know you're all proper fans. You know you, you've been through sort of thick and thin, and you don't you don't really kind of get any fair weather fans. Or I mean, obviously every club gets their few, but um, they're all quite a close knit group. So the, the fact that you know we've managed to sort of tap into that, if you like, and, and had people you know sort of um, you know quite proud that there's a band out there, um, you know the Palace supporters, and you know play play stuff they like is is great. So. Um, yeah, they've been a, a great platform for us because we were saying. I mean, I, I don't really want to mention their names on here, but if you support someone like United or you know a big team like that, everyone mm. supports. They've got such a massive following that you 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 know you, you don't really end it's up one registering. One of a number. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're one of a number. So with mm. with Palace because it is so close knit and you know everyone uh, sort of know not knows each other, but you know what I mean. Everyone tries to get involved. Yeah, there's that. That whole thing on Twitter, that the hashtag CPFC family, and it really does ring true because it does is like a family, really. So yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But um, if I could just take you, I'll take you away from football for a little bit, and then we'll come back to it. Um, musically, who are your biggest influences? Oh, there's, there's a few. Big now. question. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I mean, we, yeah, the sort of Stone Roses kind of oasis. I mean, if, if you go back, I don't think there's any band out there. How much I'll try and lie or steer away from that isn't, you know, influenced by people like the Beatles or, or you know, the Rolling Stones and the, and the sort of greats. They might not be able to play like them, <laughs> you know, but you're influenced in some way. So, um, you know, we're we're kind of sort of sound this sort of, you know, '90s sort of in, indie kind of rock, you know, um, yeah. that that's that's pretty that's much what we're right, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, so, okay, yeah, def- definitely my era as well. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Beatles. Beatles, yeah, yeah. Oh, whoa, Mark, whoa. <laughs> you can talk, Mark. Yeah, all right, leave me out of it. Jay, I <laughs> wanted to ask you, Jay, I was supposed to meet you yesterday. Yeah, yeah, there was a... a, 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 a slight... A I was supposed to meet you in the White Horse pub. Yeah. And I uh, kept getting little messages from you saying, I'm on my way, I'm on my way, I'll be there shortly. And then you got on a train at East Croydon, supposed to get off at Sellers, and you ended up yeah. in Clapham. I, I had, uh, I'm just looking at Gaz now, and I can, I can blame our bass player. Um, Sorry. <laughs> I need you, you must have had some monster night out on Friday we, night. Uh, we, we, we were having a kind of a quiet one, because we knew, obviously, you know, being, being fans, we, we were going to the game and, uh, and, and seeing everyone. And, uh, you know, so had had a, what was supposed to be, to be a quiet one. Jay was rather sensible and left about 11 or whatever, and I, I came back to uh, Gaz's house now, and... Uh, had a bit of a nightcap and uh, I completely forgotten it was an early kickoff as well. Um, so you know, thought it 
um, up until we got to the pub. So yeah, had had a few and feeling a bit hungover. Anyway, managed to get on the train and was like, okay, you know, I'm going to make this. When you said, uh, you know, I'll be in the pub in twelve, I was like, okay, brilliant. I'm, I'm actually going to pull this off. And uh, being, being the idiot that I was, jumped on the train at uh, East Croydon and uh, stood up to get off at Celeste, and it just went straight past. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's never a good sign, is it? No, no, never a good sign. So uh, yeah, unfortunately, I didn't get to meet you then. And uh, I think went to the players' lounge after to try me out, but it, it didn't work. It was so. busy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really. <laughs> Like I said, I mean, we've, I mean, I've had a season ticket for seven, eight, seven seasons or something like that, and, and never been in the uh, in the players' lounge, funny enough. Um, but uh, really? yeah, went in there, and uh, yeah, it, it was rammed. And unfortunately, it was rammed, I think, because uh, most of the pubs were shut straight after the game, so I think that was the only place you could get a drink. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we stayed in there for a pint. It was about sort of, you know, twenty minutes, half an hour, yeah. something like that, twenty gold, even. And like I said, we just we we drink in the in the two brewers, so we went up there afterwards. But uh, yeah, you're right. I think it was busy because you can't really go for a pint anywhere, you know, around, can you? Because of, uh, well, not when we're in town. Really. Yeah, the old, the old place shuts down, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So obviously, we've talked about the fact you're Palace fans, and and yeah. and obviously you've got Gaz, who's a Pompey fan. Um, what about the others in the band? Don't I, don't, I don't actually think they're really into football, yeah, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think, I think one of them is, um, I think Dan, our drummer, he's, um, I think he's a bit of a fan of Benchley, but I think he's a bit of a fair weather one. I think it's from family that sort of pushed it through, and he's not, he's not a massive fan, so it's us three really that are the footballheads. Um, the, the only kind of questions when it was, when they were sort of joining is, you're not Brian, you're not Mill, you don't support Man United, do you? <laughs> and all the votes, <laughs> so we didn't really, we didn't really, we really mind after that. Yeah, I mean, do you, do you get much banter around the whole... Um, I mean, obviously, not in the same division anymore, but certainly last season. Well, I think, obviously, I remember the away game up at, up at Portsmouth. That was, that was a defeat for Palace, despite the, despite the struggles. And a bit, a bit of a banter around that, was uh, it? Yeah, that, that was on my birthday, annoyingly enough. So that, that was a nice person, wasn't it? Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we, we got we, on by Pompey. Well, we're usually quite gentle with each other because I think that the club's plights, you know, have, have been quite entwined quite yeah. a lot. You've had... Uh, Administration, we've had many. Well, as you've had many, we've been losing now. Yeah, we're, yeah. It's, um, yeah, we're quite gentle with each other, really. <laughs> Okay, sorry, I, I got, I became distracted by a weird echo again. There, oh, it's not very professional of me. I apologise. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, this is more to, to Jay and James. What do you think of Palace's season so far? Well, it's going well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, started off a bit shaky, but yeah. It's been um, last few games. It's been a lot better. Um, yeah, I thought really thought we were absolutely smash Millwall at one point yesterday, but um, yeah. sadly it didn't work out like that. Um, yeah, like, like as Joe was saying, we we sit next to each other and we were sat there, and um, I mean we I think we really came out of the blocks to start with. Um, which which was great, and I mean to be fair, the, the goals I haven't celebrated a goal like that in in a long while. So to to, you know, to, to go two 0 up against the, the enemy, should we say, um, was brilliant. And and JT and Anthony, we haven't done this lot, given them a pasting for a long time. And I, I mean, it's no, you know, they they looked awful in the first half. I thought, um, you know, we were all over them. Um, and yeah, we we thought we were going to put three four 0 past them. You know, it was going to it was going to be a, a real pasting. Unfortunately, uh, you know, as we've heard people say before, there was the instant of you know. It, you can't. Yes, the, the lad made a mistake. He's held his hands up, and it is instinctive, isn't it? You know, you see players do it all, all the time. Unfortunately, and like, as you say, you get held his hands up. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pun intended, but um, yeah, you know, so I don't want to stick in it too much, but you know, the, the, the yeah. back said you're giving him stick on on the, you know, Twitter. There's no place for that in in my book, so um, I, I won't speak to you know too derogatory because they are fans after all. But um, as you say, I, I don't think there's any need for it. But um, um unfortunately, um, I think we did well in the end to to come back um and, and hold out. I mean, the, I think the last couple of minutes wasn't it for the for the first half. Up, it yeah. was a bit, you know, we need to get to half time here. Um, that there's good, you know, it's going to be a bit, bit worrying if, if they get another one. Um, and then, yeah, um, you know, they they were quite difficult, weren't they? And in the second half, they came out of a bit. But um, I think I think we did all right holding on. You know, yeah, I, it's probably said, a game a game we would have lost last season, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, very much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, James, I've got a quick question. Do yeah. do guys go to any away matches at all? We, we go to a fair few. Yeah, yeah we go um, to most of them. Less less this season but we're going to Peterborough and Leeds coming up um, went to Bolton a few weeks ago um, try and go to maybe about half of them uh, maybe we're still trying to hook up because uh, most of us go to Care, careful you don't know what this man's like honestly yeah. <laughs> just, just be, just be guarded make influence. sure you've got an adult with you and as well and um, it was sort of touch and go with uh, I was going to uh, going to go to that um, only because I've got such a bad record of going there recently. It always ends up being a, a bit of a disappointment. And I tell you what, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad we did go because um, that, that that was a great game. It's another sort of turning point really for us. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, we we tried to get to them, but uh, you, you know what it's like. Um, you know, try and try and do our bit. Yeah, no, it, yeah. no, it should all like. As I say, we should get together for a beer sometime. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah that, that's half the fun of your way going. You know I mean, that's right. Yeah. You're very persistent, Mark. We like, you know, drink. It's Call a CPS. Yeah, there's nothing. <laughs> earlier, so we apologise for on, on Saturday's obviously scar bite. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll never get over it, lads. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I would say, can I have a free ticket for your gig? But it's free anyway. So for <laughs> 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 letting me down. <laughs> absolutely seamless as well, Mark. Taking us to the to the sort of the last real point we want to make yeah. make guys really. Yeah. Obviously, you've got a gig. Uh, it's at the Croydon. Scream Lounge on the 22nd yeah. of November, but do you want to tell us a bit more about it and how people can get involved? Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, um, it's, we're, we're playing at the Scream Lounge. It's um, one of their showcasing nights, so um, there's going to be about uh, four bands on there. There's another a local band, I think a couple of them might actually be Panthers fans, um, playing. And um, yeah, it's from sort of 7.45 onwards till about 11. Uh, we'll be doing six, seven tunes, something yeah. like that, playing for about a half hour or so. Um, and I said, there, there's other bands playing as well. Um, it's, it's a great little venue, um, you know. I think I think it's not too not too pricey for a beer either. So um, yeah, as you said, we're, we're on Twitter and on Facebook. So um, you know, yeah, get, get involved, come down and see us, and uh, it'll be good. I mean, it, hopefully it'll, it'll go on to other things. They, they do other band nights, so hopefully we'll have a longer sets and stuff. But but yeah, um, it seems like uh, you know a few people are going to come down. It's, uh, it's always appreciating the support, you know. So. Yeah, well, we're you trying go, to get everyone to turn up in yeah. palace shirts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, why not? Of course, yeah. You know, they're there for us, not someone else. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Like I say, we'll try and get down ourselves. Obviously, like you say, you're on Twitter. It's just, I think it's just at the Renowns, isn't it? it yeah. Uh, and also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the Renowns. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There we go. Didn't even write them down. And um, <laughs> so, obviously, guy, I'm sure you you've, you've heard their tracks, and uh, you know, I you know, I really enjoy. Myself, it's exactly my sort of type of music, so it's yeah. Obviously, get listening to the guys and give them your support. There, it's always good to support Palace fans, as we said, CPFC family. And as you can hear, there's some nice lads as well. Um, even the Pompey fans seems lovely. So. <laughs> <laughs> Look, guys, we'll um, we'll let you go. We really appreciate. It. Obviously, keep in touch with us, and we'll, we'll we'll keep you know give people updates. Now you're getting on. 
maybe talk to you again in the near future as well, and once you've uh, made it big. Support. Really yeah, yeah, really yeah, appreciate it. Really thanks, thanks, yeah, thanks for having us on. Much appreciate. No problem at all, guys. Take care. We'll speak to you soon. Okay, Cheers, guys. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that was the renowns. <laughs> Great lads, and obviously, yeah, do check them out. They're, they're you know, tight band, and they're uh, they're eight, what eighteen months they've been playing together. They sounded good. So, um, <laughs> do, do I sound like a? I sound so a little bit DJ like that. Mm-hmm. Bit Tony Blackburn to me. Don't. If, if they're listening, this isn't, this isn't a comment on their ability or their music, but what, if they get off the charts, don't play at Sellers Park because the no, sound yeah. system is shocking and it makes no. everybody sound like... Might be a new Sellers Park by then. Mm. Actually, that sounded really negative. <laughs> like this is not going to be for 10 years. I'm going to shut my face. Um, we're going to look ahead to the Barnsley and Leicester games really, really quickly in a moment. I want to quickly pick up on a few things. I believe young Alex has something he wants to read for us, potentially, does he? I do. I got an email from Mark Ritson, who's the coin advertiser, and I, I asked him earlier about all this Freeman speculation, and, and this is what he had to say. Freeman speculation going into overdrive at the moment. I don't know what the Palace board will do uh, if they accept the Bolton request. Uh, he told me on Wednesday that he doesn't want to leave his job half done. But I've been told by the press in Manchester that the approach was made on Thursday. It's all coming out now after Millwall, but we'll disrupt plans for Barnsley, of course. Sounding um, sounding a bit worrying, really. But like like has been has been said, um, that obviously there is. Oh, this is going to come out at some point, isn't it? Whatever happens, but obviously there is something going on. More, so it's like there's some degree of negotiation going on. Whether that negotiation is actually with Bolton, whether those negotiations are actually with um, with Palace and this new contract potentially for Dougie so there's you know a lot's up in the air it's obviously hard not to keep speculating and to keep responding to every little bit of p- bit of information that seems to come out but you know for the moment it I, I agree I mean like if you go back to your, your gut feelings there's, there's a few of them I'm going to read out now some of them contain swearing uh, Peter Michael Walsh says he can't go now we've got it all to play for and bolting a shit um, <laughs> you know <laughs> that's my gut feeling as well it's that kind of thing uh, David Matthews says, um, simple solution, give the man a blood new contract and fast. If we show faith in him, he'll show, show faith back and stay. But until he has assurances about his future, we have to expect him to ex- explore what else is available for him. I think that's a really good summary from David there. It kind of, kind of shows, you know, there's a flip side to this situation. And, and I'm sure that the, with the way things are going, the board would be crazy not to think about it and not to think, well, you know, I'm not even going to say it. They, clearly they are. Clearly they are talking to Dougie and trying to, you don't want to say to him, you know, you're you're not allowed to talk to Bolton. You you know, you can't get involved in any way, shape, or form in any discussions. We're not going to allow the approach because if you start doing stuff like that when someone's got six months left on their contracts and you know the power is kind of with them, then you're gonna you could end up causing a divide. So it's trying to do the right thing, I guess, and trying to not trying to respect Dougie's wishes, but at the same time, you know, we've got to we've got to want him to stay, really. Well, it um, sums up really, doesn't it? The last. Two ten in the last ten minutes, you had one journo say expecting some a new contract at Palace, and another one saying he looks a bit worried that he might be off. So uh, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's, it is that no one knows what's going on. No, um, calm down, Ashton, everyone. Calm down, everyone. Neil Ashton's article. I've just been given a link to it. The one he mentioned earlier on. It's on the uh, Daily Mail website now. But obviously, I'm clicking on it so you don't have to. Um, yeah, Does it blame Muslims? It, I'm just checking. Not yet, it doesn't, but I'm sure Good. that's coming. Um, or the homeless, it doesn't blame them. But um, 
yeah, he's, he's written it as an exclusive. The title of the piece is Bolton to ramp up Friedman pursuit with lucrative offer this week. And basically it said Dougie Friedman's decided this week whether he will walk out on Palace and join Bolton. So obviously there's no... he He's going to be offered a three-year deal apparently by Phil Gartside who will make an approach to Palace within the next 48 hours in an attempt to push him into a quick decision. Is that a statement or a quote? Um, no. That is a statement from Neil Ashton in his article. That's what he's saying. Apparently, he's got, he's got quite a lot of detail. Bolton. Sorry, say that again. How close is Barnsley to Bolton geographically? Yeah, not that far, I suppose. Uh, relatively, hour, hour and a bit. Maybe. Funny, the, the five-year plan have just tweeted a picture, and it says, uh, "Dear Bolton," there's a picture of Doogie with his hands above his head, and then trot on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what the picture is as well. I've just seen it, but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's quite a lot of detail in there. He's talking about the fact that there's going to be a half a million pound a year offer and massive promotion bonus. Well, you're not going to get that, are you, with them? Not going anywhere. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're saying they want an immediate return to the Premier League and all those sorts of things strike me as a reason not to not to go there. Because, you know, you just throw money at a young manager who wants to build a club. You know, you're not talking about instant promotion, are you? That's not the whole, that's not the point at all. That's not what Dougie's done. He's certainly not an instant impact manager with us. He's someone who's taken a while to build a team and to build a philosophy and to change the players. So I don't really see the logic in the two situations myself. But there we go. We'll see how it goes. I'm sure there'll be lots of twists and turns. And but but to me, every time something gets written, every time someone you know someone says a comment or whatever, it just nothing nothing seems to have changed from what Dougie said. And what he said on when asked about it was that he does not want to leave a job half done at Palace, and that's what I'm going to stick to. You know, that's the last thing he officially said on the subject. So as far as I'm concerned, that's the truth, and nothing's going to you know change. Anyway, Albert's hungry. We need to get the show over and done with. So let's look ahead to the Barnsley game Tuesday night. Anyone else going? Just me? I know Lee Ward's going because he sent me a message just before the show started. So there'll be at least two of us there. Not um, me, sadly. No. Um, well, Mark, you've done the stats. What's, how how, how have Barnsley been doing? Barnsley, well, they're 17th in the league with 14 points. Yesterday they won at Charlton 1-0. We know that hey, feeling. Hey. Hey. And uh, their home form played 5-1... Uh, play six one four. Oh, I can't. I've lost it. It's not right. <laughs> no one two. Sorry, one, one two drew two. Uh, lost one. one. That is one of my favourite things ever on whole radio. We're going to get that clipped <laughs> and played every week. Right. Never played five one two drawn two lost two. They've yeah. scored. Um, they, it's eleven games since Barnsley last had a no score draw. But it's 21 games since Palace revolved in a nil-all uh, nil game. Uh, the top scorer is Craig Davis. I'm trying to rush through this as we're short of time. Uh, Barnsley are currently 14th in the home form table based on their last four games at Oakwell. And Palace are fourth in the away form guide based on their last four games away from Southhurst Park. <sighs> yeah. Um, I mean, there's a couple of little talking points on it, really. Obviously, Zaha, as you pointed out in the notes. I'm stealing the information and passing it off as my own. Uh, both obviously Moxie Band and Zaha Band. Um, you've suggested maybe Matt Parsons or par- could come in inst- uh, instead of Par for, for Moxie. And I think... We see whether he plays the under-21s tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, we're doing commentary on that tomorrow night. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, unless you can get to the... If you can't get to the game, and if you can get to the game, you really should. It's a fiver in advance. Probably, eight, I think it's £8 on a day, pound for kids. Uh, it's always a great night out just to watch the youngsters play um, against Fulham at Sellers Park tomorrow. But if you can't get it, wholeradio.net, 
and um, from probably about quarter to seven, uh, we'll be doing seven o'clock kickoff. Seven o'clock mm-hmm. kickoff, and uh, we'll have special guests. Um, well, it's Claire Eglinton and one other crystal. We're going to do some crystals commentary for us as well, uh, which will be fantastic. You mean dancing as well. I don't know. I think you <laughs> might be dancing. <laughs> Um, so, quickly, predictions um, from you, lads, then we'll have a quick look, quick look at a few predictions from the, um, uh, from the, mm, my brain's, from the tweets that have come in. Yeah, doing really well. Um, so, Mark, what do you think? Uh, it's going to be tough, it always is, up there. Um, they're not in great form. Um, I, I fancy just a nick a point, but um, no more than a point. Albert? I think it's going to be a one-all goal. <laughs> a one all uh, Al Gore mm. Craig Davis to score and then take a girl out because it's Tuesday <laughs> <laughs> oh you're saving your best work till last it's good um, just pick what out well, I think um, I think we'll probably I don't know it's difficult Barnes isn't it we always have a nightmare up there so yeah, we never we're, do a well, do we? we're a different side this year um, so we're going to win 5-0 um, <laughs> Alan Duffield's gone for a 1-0 Palace win uh, Furhad has gone for a draw that's all he said he's been as concise as everyone else uh, Tony's gone for a, this is 1-2 let's say a 2-1 win to Palace I don't know uh, Ryan Goddard says 3-1 uh, to Palace and John Finn says uh, 4 points he's not saying in what order doesn't really help <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. Yeah, nice. um, I'll get uh, Alex to read out the predictions for the Leicester game but talking about that Leicester game Mark you've got some more stats for this one Any yeah, I'll do some homework for you Yeah, uh, currently top of the league aren't they Leicester so yeah. their current for- home form is 100% played 5-1-5 scoring 10 times and conceding just twice yesterday they drew at Birmingham 1-0 I think they got a very late goal there um, at home they've beaten Peterborough Blackpool, Burnley, Hull and Bristol City. And interesting from our point of view, since they moved to the King Power Stadium or what was the Walkers, our record against them is played eight, won none, drawn three, <laughs> lost five. Our last league win in Leicester was in 1995. Uh, but of course, later on in that season, they won the playoff final against us. Um, they share their goals around the team. David uh, Sainsbury's car park Nugent is their top scorer. With five goals, Jamie Vardy's got four. And other players are note, uh, they, in goal, they've got Casper Smichael, Paul Koncheski, Wes Morgan, ex-Millwall, boy Zach Whitbread, all in defence. In midfield, Danny Drinkwater, Andy King, Lloyd Dyer. And the options up front, Vardy Nugent and Martin Waghorn. Um, and one other stat, they have scored nearly a quarter of all their 18 goals this season in the last 15 minutes of a match. So if we're leading with 15 <laughs> minutes to go, be sure to be wearing your brown trousers. <laughs> and that is my roundup of the Leicester. That's really good. Are you really suggesting that if you're going to basically crap yourself, you should cover it with brown trousers? <laughs> really wear brown trousers to the game. It's just, that's not all right. Uh, oh, look, we'll have a talk about this off air because I don't think that's an acceptable solution to having a digestive problem. Uh, look, we'll talk about this later. What's your prediction for the game, Mark? Uh, what do you think in terms of a score? Um... Uh, is it true that we've sold out for that match, or it's a sellout, or it's an all-ticket um, match? It's all-ticket, isn't it, or something like that? I don't know if we've sold every Strange, ticket. Obviously, you know. it's Palace on tour day three. I so think, yeah, I think um, I think we. Uh, it's it's they are in really good form. They look very strong. Uh, my head says we aren't going to get anything out of it. My heart says we might get another point out of it. 
and that's that's as good as it gets. But with with a big bigger away following, it'll be something that they're probably not used to up there, seeing some decent away fans. So uh, it'll yeah. be interesting. But I, I think if we got a point on Tuesday and a point on Saturday, I think it would be a reasonable return. Yeah, it, it would, but yeah, obviously we'll have Wolf back as well on Saturday, so that's another. That's true. Fact. That's true. Uh, but I think the trouble, and I'll, I'll ask you in a second, Albert, what you think. But for me, that the trouble is always whenever we do something like Palace on tour day, and we used to have the same problem for Family Days. Family Days, yeah. We have a tendency to have a slightly underwhelming performance, and like you say, hundred percent record for Leicester at home this season. Very strong team. Uh, well, recently, anyway. But you know they're. I, you know, I don't know. We've been, we've I have a habit of ruining people's runs of form and things like that this season. So I'm, I'm hoping we'll do it again. I think we might, especially as they haven't got Paul Gallagher anymore. I think we might actually nick this one two one. But uh, what are you thinking, Albert? Uh, all ticket, no brown trousers. We're coming away with nothing. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, a, just Alex? drunk and disorderly. Uh, I think we'll win. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be tough. Yeah. All right. And uh, what do the listeners think? Uh, I just want to know, Mark, do you actually own a pair of brown trousers? Because I don't know many <laughs> people that do. This but, is an off-air uh, conversation that we're going to have. <laughs> I bought a brown suit on Saturday. So there you go. <laughs> well, there you go. There's there you go. Yeah. Well, um, you're going to wear a suit to Leicester away. He is. No, a brown suit. Wedding, <laughs> do you, you're getting married in a brown suit. <laughs> yeah, not because I think I'm going to shit myself. Well, that's what that's what the infer- <laughs> inference is. I, I just don't know what to think now. This show you You're mocking me for talking about brown trousers, and there's somebody who's got a brown suit. I know. I don't know what to think anymore. It's on the line uh, right now. <laughs> anyway, Alex. <laughs> uh, okay. There's a, got... I think there's only a few, um, and there's the same people who predicted stuff before, but I didn't read out the second half of their predictions. Do you want to say what they are? Yeah, Alan Duffield thinks it'll be 2-2 away at Leicester. Tony Johnson's gone for a 2-1 this time. Not sure which way around that is, but John Flynn yeah. obviously said four points. Uh, Furhad says Leicester draw, and Ryan Goddard says 2-1 to Palace, of course. Okay, fantastic cool. stuff. Well, look, some... some... Plenty of optimism. Um, I think, well, look, it, it, we, we've been on a great run. Obviously, we didn't have the win that we wanted against Millwall, but we remained undefeated. Uh, we're still, you know, we haven't lost in bloody ages. I can't exactly, but we've eight, games. Eight, eight, eight games. Eight games. Thanks, it's a great start. <laughs> it's a good start. <laughs> bloody ages. In for bloody ages. <laughs> <laughs> but. So, uh, look, we've got every reason to be optimistic. And as I've talked about on our blog, wholeradio.net forward slash blog, um, <laughs> that I, uh, it's about time we, we changed our um, our perception of Palace and we stopped thinking, oh, typical Palace, we'll do this, we'll do that. You know, typical Palace can mean something else. It can mean not losing football matches and winning more than you draw. So let's hope that that's the case. And we'll be back tomorrow night um, for the regular shows back next Sunday. But tomorrow night, join us for coverage of Palace under 21 versus Fulham under 21. And until then, good night. Good night. Good night.
90th minute all your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go 
Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.